Welcome to Transform, a podcast highlighting the people and ideas shaping the future of senior living. I'm Tim Regan for Senior Housing News. On today's episode, I spoke with Andy Plant, president of Westmont Living. The La Jolla, California-based company has 17 communities in California and Oregon. With the pandemic in the foreground, Westmont Living has had its fair share of challenges in 2021. But despite those headwinds, the company also added occupancy at a rate greater than 1% per month. And now it's working to broaden its services for residents. We put therapy services in all of our communities. We're also putting primary care clinics in our communities as well. We really want to be one-stop shopping for our residents. But before we get to that interview, I would like to take a moment to highlight our SHN Architecture and Design Awards. This annual competition recognizes cutting-edge design and excellence in senior living across the U.S. and abroad. Visit SeniorHousingNews.com to view the winners. And now, here's my interview with Andy Plant, president of Westmont Living. Andy Plant, thank you so much for joining me on Transform today. So I wanted to kind of start off with the big picture. I think I last caught up with Westmont about a year ago. I remember back then you had a handful of openings planned for 2021. I remember also your average occupancy rate back then was was in the high 80s. And this was, I think, before before a lot of the recovery this year. So I, I wanted to check in. Um, so catch me up to speed, I guess. How are you doing now? And where, where are we at as we look ahead to 2022? Tim, thanks for having me. It's good to catch up with you. We had our challenges as every company did in 2020 and 2021, but we feel we've been making great strides in 2021. 11 of the 12 months have been net positive in terms of gain. So we're extremely excited about that. And that's on top of opening up four new communities this year. We're very bullish coming out of the the heat of the pandemic and looking forward to 2022. That's great. I, I seem to remember that Westmont, at least whenever I wrote the last story I wrote, you guys didn't do any third-party management at the time. I, I think that's still true. So tell me you know, more about that strategy. Why is that and how that's played out during this pandemic? Yeah, that's that's absolutely the case. We've, we've just decided that we want to focus our resources uh, where we think it's most important. And uh, we, we like to speak with one voice, not to have multiple owners trying to give direction to you know, where the priorities are and where our leaders need to focus. So we've, we've found that it's been invaluable for us to do that. And we're, we're trying to be a very focused company and uh, just become a strong, uh, increasingly strong regional operator in California. Uh, this is sort of a follow-up to that question, but I've talked with some operators who have told me that doing it this way, they feel like they have a lot more control over what they do. And how that has really come in handy during this pandemic, where flexibility is, for some operators anyway, key, it's crucial. Did you find that? I mean, I guess, does it help you have more control over your operations doing it this way? It absolutely has. Uh, We we had a central stockpile early on of PPE. We had daily phone calls with our executive directors to get everyone on the same page in terms of protocols. And we've had you know, regular updates throughout the pandemic. And it sort of brought us together as a team more so, the whole going through this journey, unfortunately. We feel that it has a huge benefit that we don't have the private equity parties and the, and the public REITs uh, directing us to the extent that 
many of our competitors. So obviously the big topic of the day is staffing. That is the big pressure right now, other than COVID, of course. So in terms of uh, things like recruiting and retaining workers, what is Westmont seeing? And, you know, also what has worked so far in staffing? What hasn't? And then, you know, also if you have any thoughts about what the industry can do better, I'd love to hear those too. We did not go to hazard pay to try to retain workers and uh, motivate them during the pandemic. But we did bring, uh, you know, family meals. Uh, We'd have family nights uh, where we'd have special meals for family members to bring home and things like that. And that that did make a difference in terms of esprit de corps. And uh, we we cut that, you know, quite a while ago. But during the heat of the pandemic, we found that very important. Moving forward, we're really focusing on just how can we improve our onboarding, our training, and our support because our team members are certainly uh, what we're all about, and that's what our customer counts on, and they're everything to us. Another part of the staffing picture is, I think, expenses. With staffing hard, I've talked with so many providers who have said that the amount of money they're spending on things like agency staffing, you know, over time, they're really spending more on this, especially in the in the past year. So I wanted to kind of get get your take on this. How are you managing expenses right now at Westmont? And I guess also, where are you feeling the most pain right now in terms of expenses? And what do you expect ahead in 2022? We, we see it continuing. Uh, the labor issues moving forward, particularly in dining uh, with cooks and with nursing and caregivers. So, uh, you know, we're just trying to aggressively increase our pay and uh, be competitive and see what we can do in terms of becoming a better employer. So we're, uh, we've had a, a match with our 401k, but we're we're going to auto enrollment. We're doing other other little things throughout the organization just to try to be more team member friendly. So if people want to get paid by the day, they can they can easily do that using a phone app. We're just trying to be more employee centric. Yeah. Is staffing the the area where you'd say you're you have the highest expenses right now, or or I guess where where are the other areas in your operations where expenses might be elevated? Well, uh, uh, we've certainly seen it in dining in terms of uh, food products as well, but but staffing is certainly the the major issue, and it's it's not going to go away. It's just we just have to try to do a better job of being a desirable employer. Yeah. I don't want to put you on the spot, Andy, but I, I, I'm curious. Do you think that this is the new baseline for how much you need to spend on staffing? You know, I've talked to some operators who say, "Look, I think this is, I think this is what is going to be our new floor." Do you do you share that feeling? I absolutely do, because when you look at immigrations down, you've got an aging population. We've got more senior living communities. Uh, more people as they age need caregivers at home. There's just going to be a, a lower ratio of caregivers to people that need care. And so this is just the reality. And we just need to adjust and be strong at, at what we do. And, and we're really in, an, a, in a favorable position compared to like home care companies that need much more staffing for more of the one-on-one. Uh, it gives us, a, I think, a competitive advantage in a community where we can leverage our our staffing over a larger community. Yeah, that makes sense to me. 
an add-on to the question I asked you earlier about management. I also know that, and you'd mentioned this, you're a regional provider. You focus on Oregon and California. So why, why do you do it that way? I mean, I've talked with lots of operators who tell me the benefits of being a regional operator. But I'm curious, what, what particular strengths does that give to Westmont? We started out our first community we built in the mid-90s in Oregon, and so that's still with us. But but we live in California, and so we've made that our our focus. And the real benefit is our team is here. Uh, if it's HR support, uh, we can get out to the community. Uh, if it's IT support, if it's operations, dining, maintenance, we can be there and and have a presence in the communities. And so we have three regions. We have a Northern California region, a Southern California region, and a Central Coast region. So most of our regional support team can drive to the communities. They're not getting on plane flights. They can visit several communities on a visit. It just works for us, and we feel that it's better in terms of our corporate culture as well, uh, just because we're closer together. In the past few years, we've seen the rise of these, I'll call them super regional companies, these companies that have you know many, many communities clustered in one small area. You know, I'm talking dozens of communities. Any, any aspirations to do that at, at Westmont? You know, might we see you as the next super regional one day? I don't think so. A few things. One, we sort of feel when you get too big, it's sort of hard to have a pulse in the operations. You can and, and secondly, we're in California where there's a lot of barriers to entry. So we've, we've sort of grown strategically where we've tried to find uh, locations that were within our trade areas and then also met our demographic parameters. And so we don't really see being able to to grow immensely, nor do we really want to. So I also want to talk with you about your in-house construction arm, Westmont Construction. I guess I'm curious, how has that come in handy during the pandemic? And um, and also, what are you seeing in the way of challenges and opportunities regarding uh, new construction right now? Well, during the pandemic, uh, we, we focused on some remodels of some of our existing communities and addressing... Uh, for the pandemic itself, uh, just how could we, you know, isolate residents better so that we were, we were just making minor tweaks to our communities to just try to be better prepared and do a better job. But uh, moving forward, we use our construction company to to increase our knowledge because we we have plans that we work with standard units and it's helped us to to build communities that are consistent with what we want and to not have uh, a lot of surprises by by switching uh, contractors from project to project. Yeah, along that theme of control, I'm assuming you, you, it gives you much more control in your projects. I guess also, has, has that helped you? I, you know, I've, I've talked with, with operators who said, you know, the cost of construction is, is crazy these days. And I wrote a story earlier this year about the cost of building materials and building labor and how that was affecting the, the cost of development and construction. So, I'm, so I, I guess, uh, you know, along the lines of what you just described, does having this construction arm also help you in that field too? I mean, I, I could see you not having to spend so much money. I, I don't know that we've uh, saved money, uh, but I, I think that it's been a, a benefit for us overall. We're, we're continuing to, to build communities. Uh, we have a, a project planned in the San Luis Obispo area. Uh, we have a project that will break ground in January in Culver City. 
uh, in Los Angeles, and then we have one under construction in, in uh, Carmel Valley in San Diego, just east of Del Mar. A couple of those projects will open in 2023, so they're a ways off. We feel that in California, there are barriers to entry, so you either have, there aren't that many quality opportunities to buy, so if you're going to expand, you need to have flexibility to be able to, to build as well. In terms of cost, when we look at our operating cost, our biggest operating cost is really labor. And so we understand construction costs are going up, but we don't we don't expect that they're going to be going down in the future because there's a, a labor shortage in construction as well. So it's just a reality that we'll live with and manage through. And as long as we can get the right locations and have the right financing and in place and the right capital structure, we're, we're in favor of uh, building where it, it works within our, our, our clusters. So you are an alumnus of Marcus and Millichap. What kind of perspective does that give you on the senior housing industry in 2021 and as we head into 2022? I guess what knowledge or lessons from your time in that world have come in handy, you know, in the last couple of years, especially during this pandemic? Well, I feel really fortunate to have uh, gotten broad real estate exposure there. And we certainly saw, made great connections with operators and, and saw what was working for them and what wasn't working for them. And definitely focused keenly on supply demand in, in trade areas. And that's one of the reasons we like California is because there are barriers to entry. But we've also seen good physical plants that were properly laid out and poor physical plants and learned a lot just along the way and developed a lot of good relationships with other operators as well. So it was a a great background uh, for me from a real estate perspective and feel very fortunate for it. But most of all, I was also able to develop some capital, which helped us, you know, in our initial uh, getting started is Westmont Living. So I wrote a story, I think, um, I think this was the story actually I had mentioned earlier, but I had mentioned that you were working with Heart Legacy last year on getting your digital and video marketing efforts up to speed. But this, this was something I think that you had done with the pandemic in mind, maybe starting a little bit before that. But I've talked with operators who have told me that digital leads are still way up. You know, I remember uh, earlier in this year, there were some questions about whether or not a lot of the leads that people were seeing was this so-called pent-up demand. But I understand that for a lot of operators, the digital leads are still up significantly over 2019 levels in some cases. So I wanted to check in, you know, given the work that you did, how are your leads these days? How are your digital leads these days? What's working to convert leads? And, uh, you know, what what hasn't worked, I guess, to convert leads? Because just tell me all, all things leads right now. We're increasingly using more and more digital as time goes by. There's more channels out there to to reach customers. And two of the the channels that we've increased our spend on are Facebook and Google My Business. That we just found them both very effective. We've moved completely away from print and it's it's all digital. So we're we're very optimistic about about that. And uh, we would rather increase our spend dramatically than than get leads from the paid referral sources. I also know that Digital leads, you know, at least coming into the pandemic, I had heard digital leads might, sometimes they can be a little bit more flighty just because they come from online. Folks might might click on something and then never visit your site ever again. 
What, what work is there anything different that works to convert digital leads over normal leads? Or I guess what's what's working there? Well, the the real key is the salespeople at the communities and 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 their quick response to the leads and then follow through with the leads. That's that's the key. But the speed to lead is important. If 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 you're not responsive, uh, folks are looking on the internet and they're looking at they can see multiple options very quickly. And if you're not first to respond, you're you're at a disadvantage from the yeah. start. So more generally about technology, I'm curious, is there any, we, we've seen a lot, of, a lot of folks in this industry adopt new technologies. They're using technology in different ways. Um, so is there anything on the technology side that you feel really excited about right now? Or is there anything that you're using at Westmont, any tech pilots or plans for the year ahead that you, that you could share with us? Sure, a few things. One, during the, the pandemic, we, we rolled out LifeLoop at our communities to increase communication with our residents and families. So that was very effective for us. And, and we're using it for emergency communication as well and activity calendars and the screens within the communities no, notifying folks of events, all of that. In terms of moving forward, what we, we have is a full-time person in, in our office who focuses on business intelligence. And that's uh, dashboards that are actionable that allows our our corporate team and our managers at the community level to have visibility to to what they're doing, whether it's a screen that would show nurse call response times or hospital readmissions or trends in terms of sales and marketing, just a lot of information instead of them having to gather the information and connect the dots. We've done that through reporting and we're in a better position to act on it as a team. Moving forward, one of our goals in 2022 is just to increase our team's training because we've got lots of great tools out there and just to make sure we're utilizing these tools the best we can moving forward. So obviously with a new year brings new opportunities, brings new worries. We're in the midst of I, th- I think another surge of another cor- coronavirus variant, at least here in Chicago, our positivity rate is climbing back up again. This is the Omicron, I think I was saying it right, Omicron or Omicron coronavirus variant. So again, with the caveat that we still don't know a lot about this, we're talking on December 7th. Or I guess, are you nervous that there will be another spike in outbreaks and, and that it might put the industry back in terms of its recovery? Or I guess, do you feel like given what the industry has already been through and given what you guys have surely been through that, you can find ways to make this work uh, uh, next year. Yeah, we're we're confident at this point that we've got a good playbook together in terms of protocols, and and we'll just pivot if there's things that come up. Uh, we've had a community in Northern California where all the staff were vaccinated, all our residents were vaccinated, and we still had a case of COVID, and then then we tested everyone, and there were six cases. So we we realize that there's going to be issues that come up as we move forward, and that's going to continue as only 60% of the the state at this point is vaccinated. We're we're optimistic that our customers and our staff are all vaccinated, but we're just going to have to realize that the general world is still very vulnerable 
uh, until we get much higher vaccination rates. And so unfortunately, we're going to be living with this. So I want to talk with you a little bit before we before we wrap up today about the future of Westmont. So you've mentioned some of this on, on, our, on our podcast already, but what's what's next for Westmont? In, uh, in 2022, you know, you mentioned some of your growth. So I guess if, t- tell us more about how you'll, you'll grow in the next year. What, what other initiatives will you be working on in 2022? A couple initiatives that we've been working on are we put therapy services in all of our communities. And we're also putting primary care clinics in our communities as well. So that we really want to be, you know, one-stop shopping for our residents. We want, if they're being discharged from the hospital and they've They've had uh, like a knee replacement or they don't have to go to the nursing home. They can come to our community and they can get rehab services, live there in where they're home. Uh, They don't have to go out for services or coordinate with third parties. So that's one thing. And then we're getting uh, we're setting up primary care offices in our communities so that if someone wants to see a a physician, uh, they can do that uh, there and as opposed to going out. Uh, now, they may have their own physician as well, and this could be secondary, but that's fine. Uh, we just want to broaden our services and be able to serve our customer as best possible. I've talked with operators who are doing exactly what you're doing, which is add in some of these primary care clinics. Are you working with a health system or a partner on that? And if so, who are you working with? We are. Uh, regarding the, the primary care clinics, we're working with Pine Park Health, and uh, they have contracts through Medicare Advantage with a number of the Medicare Advantage plans. And so we can offer that to our residents. To the extent that that doesn't benefit our residents, they can pay it cash for services as well. And they're not required to use these services. They can go to their own doctor if they choose. Andy, we are, we are almost out of time today, but uh, I want to get your take on what the next year will hold. Everyone's favorite topic, the future right now, right? So again, you know, knowing that nobody has a crystal ball, how do you expect 2022 to play out? And the big question, when do you think this pandemic might finally start to stabilize and we might all start get back to normalcy? Well, we're, we're hoping that 2022 is the year where things get back to more normalcy. Uh, we're, we're encouraged by the Merck pill, uh, additional therapies that are, that are coming out just the knowledge that's much, much more broadly out there about uh, COVID in general, the fact that we've, we've had a mandate for our staff in place, and so our team members are vaccinated and our residents are vaccinated. So we're, we're very bullish uh, moving forward, and we've been growing occupancy better than a percent a month in 2021, and we we anticipate that continuing in in the new year. Great. Well, those are those are optimistic words to end on. So, Andy Plant, thank you so much for coming on Transform today. This was great. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate it. Take care. That does it for this episode of Transform. I would again like to mention our SHN Architecture and Design Awards. Visit seniorhousingnews.com to view this year's winners. I'm Tim Regan for Senior Housing News. Thanks for listening.